God, you're so good. And we come to bow before your presence. Just declaring that you are good. And your faithfulness been good to us. When those days came, we thought our world was crashing in on us. You showed up. You assured us. And you comfort us. And you came to us. And you deal yourself. And here we are standing in your presence and in your glory. Father God, when we were rebellious and going against you, your, your goodness didn't fail. Your faithfulness didn't fail. You still loved us. And we come to say thank you. Where, where would we be if it had not been your goodness? Where would we be? We, we dare not even think of it. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your manifested presence in the midst of our trouble. And Father God, we ask right now that you would meet us today here in this place, not only in this place, but in our circumstances and speak to our heart. Let us know that your goodness, your mercy, and your grace is sufficient for whatever we're going through because you are good. And we're come to honor and to serve you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, God. Good morning, church. In this church life series, and uh, about giving, amen. Because that's a part of church life, amen. Giving is a part of church life. It's one of those topics that most people don't like to talk about. Unless you're a prosperity preacher, but that's all you talk about. And, and today we want to talk about grace giving. Giving in the power. When we think of grace, normally we think of the grace of our salvation. Amen. But everything that God empowers us to do is a gift of grace. Amen? Whatever I am, it's because of the grace of God. I am what I am because of his grace. I live and move and have my being in him. And it's because of his grace. 
And sometimes we take that grace for granted. Israel was always taking his grace for granted. You, you remember Israel. God called Abraham out of the air of Chaldeans and told him to go to a place that he was children. And Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Then Abraham had Isaac and Jacob and the twelve sons of Jacob made up of Israel. And God, they were enslaved in Egypt for over four hundred years. God delivered them brought them through the Red Sea. They stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. God provided manna from heaven, provided quail, gave them water out of a rock, and led them into the promised land. And they still took his grace for granted. Amen? Turn, to turn with me to Deuteronomy. Chapter 8, verses 17 and 18. And this is what Moses are reminding the children of Israel of their attitude of taking God's grace for granted. He says, and thou sayest in thy heart, my, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this way. But thou shall remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto his father, as he said this day. Amen? It is God's grace that gives us power to get wealth. Listen, some of you pray just for a family car. Amen. Back in the days, just for one family car. Now everybody in the family got a car. You forgot it was the grace of God. Amen. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. So all that I have, all that I am belongs to him. Amen. It all belongs to him. So we give to support God's work. Amen? We give to support his work. We also give to the care of one another. When we see someone within our midst in need, we give. Amen? And we give to the work of God. This is what the New Testament church did. In Acts chapter 2, Turn it. Acts chapter 2. This is the church birth. This is in this infancy. The day of Pentecost. 
the Holy Spirit came upon them. It was Jews from all over the known world came together. It was three times a year that the Israel was supposed to come to Jerusalem. It was the Feast of Passover. It was the Feast of Pentecost. And it was the Feast of Booths. Here, this is the Feast of Pentecost. And right after the Holy Spirit came, people got saved. 3,000 people got saved in one day. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowshipping and breaking of bread and in prayer. And in fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. Did they eat meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily as such to be saved. This, this is how they gave in the New Testament. They made sure nobody had need. Amen? It, this is grace giving. Not after, far after that. in the land. It was prophesied. When they were in Egypt, the only reason Israel was in Egypt because there was a famine. Amen? But when you turn to Acts chapter 11, verse 27 to 30, there's, there's a prophet named Abigus that's going to speak of this famine that will soon come in the land what it says. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Abacus and signified by the Spirit that there shall be a great drop or, or, or famine throughout all the world which came to pass in the day of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples every man as he had ability, determined to send relief unto the brothers which dwell in Jerusalem. So they did and sent to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So this famine came around. He prophesied that a famine would come. All right? So, so our text is now coming from and, and, and this famine now has taken place. It's now taken place, and Paul is encouraging the church at Corinth to get their offering together for the relief of those who are in Judea and in Jerusalem. And he, he gives them the Macedonian as an example. 
he, he shows them the Macedonian as an example of graciousness. He says, talking to the Corinthian church, we do you with or want you to know the grace of God bestowed on the churches at, at Macedon. Okay? It, it, it wasn't there. It was the grace of God bestowed on them. All right? It was God's grace bestowed upon them. How that in great trials of affliction, the abundance of joy and their deep poverty abound into the riches of their liberality or their generosity. Amen? No, no, look at that. He says, out of great affliction and deep poverty, great affliction and deep poverty plus generosity will multiply into abundant joy. Ain't that, ain't, ain't that amazing? Out of great poverty and deep, out of great affliction, deep poverty, plus generosity will multiply to abundant joy. Where do you see that happen? Most of you, when you're in affliction and you're catching a hard time, and you barely got enough to see you through. You're trying to hold on to every penny you get. But that ain't God's way. You remember. You remember Elijah and the widow at Seraphim. The widow at Seraphim was about to, she had just enough to make her last meal for her and her son and die. And, and, and Elijah says, listen, go get me a, a, a cup of water. And she got a cup of water out of good hospitality. And then he said, matter of fact, while you did bring me a morsel of bread. And she said, whoa, wait a minute, Doc. I, I only got a little bit here. Me and my son going to eat this and die. He's asked them for something. <laughs> and he says, you won't die. As long as you feed me, you'll have enough for your household for many days. And she did. Amen? Out of great affliction. Plus, a little generosity will bring abundant joy because he's just that good. Amen? He's just that good. For, 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 to, for to their power, I bear and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Amen? It, they were willing to give us with much entreaty that we will receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship for the ministry of the saints. Not only in their power, but above their power. And they did this not as we hope, but first 
gave their own self to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. See? Listen, when, when you give yourself to the Lord, everything else follows. Amen? God, God isn't just interested in your money. He, he wants you. You've got to give yourself first. You give yourself first. That's why Paul says in Romans 12, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He wants all of you. Mind, body, and soul. Gives them as an example. So, so he tells them to get their gifts together. Amen. Prepare it in your heart to give. First Corinthians 16, 1 and 2 says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, right? As I have given orders to the church at the even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in steward as God has prospered him, prospered him, or has purposed him, that there be no gathering. So he wanted them to gather it up. Listen. I hope there's nobody. But you don't wait till the you get the offering to start writing out your check. Amen. There's something you purpose to do with your heart. The first thing. Whatever day you get paid, when you know your check, send the money, you I'll write it out. Back to First Corinthians chapter. So he gives the Macedonians as an example. Then he goes not. He gives the ultimate example, which is Jesus Christ. Verse nine. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor that he might through poverty rich. That you through his poverty may be rich. That's our ultimate example. Amen? Great giving starts in the heart. And then the mind, amen? Look what he says in verse 12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is acceptable according to that a man has, and not according to what he has not. 
Listen, you can't give what you ain't got. Amen? God ain't asking nothing for you what you ain't got. It's according to what a man has. Hasn't he blessed you? Look what he says in, in, to Luke. Well, we're going to put it on the board. Luke, Luke 12, 34. Let me just put that in context a little. But you remember Jesus tells the, the parable in Luke and the Gospels where this, this rich man has stuff that he, he, he's got so much stuff. He builds the barn and the stuff's coming out of the barn. You know what I mean? He's got so much of, you know how much stuff you got in your closet and you, you ain't got no more room. And, 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 the, and, the, and the man says, listen, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll bigger, build a bigger barn. Then I'll lay my treasures and I'll have enough to last me. And God said, you fool. Today, your life's required. Then who will your stuff go to? He said, treasure up, store up stuff. Don't, don't corrupt. And with thieves, don't break in. And it comes to this text. And he says, for where your treasure is, they're also where your heart. Listen, we, we can tell what's in your heart. Just look at your checkbook. Are you storing up stuff that don't last? Moss is going to eat your stuff. I don't care how many cars you get. I don't care how good you keep it up. It's going to rust. And if it don't, you're going to rust. you got an expiration date. Amen? Now let's get back to where we need to go. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Starting at verse 6. Says, but this I said, he that sowed sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. He, he says, listen, don't, don't, don't forget the law of the harvest. Don't forget the law of the harvest. God's always, Jesus was always taking them to a agricultural setting. They, they, they grew up in biblical times were agricultural setting. That's how they made them, what, what they grew. It was a few trees, but mostly you count wealth by what you grew and the crops you had. So he says, you can't not look at the law of the harvest. He says, if you so sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. No farmer 
out there with a little, only a quarter of his seed. He takes it all out there and he spreads it because he's looking for a crop. He says, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, Amen. Look, look at what he says in Galatians 6. He, here he's talking about sin. And he says, be not deceived. God is not more. Whatever a man, whatever, whatsoever a man sow, that shall he reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sowed to the Spirit of the Spirit shall reap everlasting. And let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us good to all men, and especially to those who are household. We care for one another. Amen? And this is, this is in reference to sin, but the law of the harvest, which you sow, you will reap. You, you don't sow apple seeds looking to reap oranges. Second Corinthians 9. Here we go. Every man according to his purpose in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God a cheerful gift. He 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 loves a cheerful gift. He says, but you need to purpose it in your heart. Whether you're going to give sparingly or bountifully or cheerfully. We give not grudgingly but cheerfully. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. And then, next verse says, verse 8 says, put God through the test. Just put him through the test. Look what he says. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God, you're so good. Huh? Oh, God, you're so good. Listen, if you give badly, he's going to make sure that you have all sufficiency for 
all good. Amen? Look at the Old Testament. He said the same thing in Old Testament. Malachi 3. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein has we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye have, you are a curse with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't even be able to receive. You won't have room for it. They put, put me through the test. Here's the thing. So here's the question. Is tithing still a flop? Here's my question. Here's my answer to you. Tithing was a part of the Old Testament, the law. Amen. Which was always outside of you. Actually, tithing predated the law because Abraham gave a tenth to Melchizedek. Okay. But still, that was outside of you. Amen? God now, with his son dying and giving all, because truthfully, we didn't already said it when we opened, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So he owns not only a tenth, he owns it all. Amen? But we can give a tenth grudging. Amen? I can give a temp out of obligation, out of duty. Matter of fact, I can, I can give 40% out of obligation and duty. But God loves a cheerful giver. Amen? God loves a cheerful giver. I, I can't wait to give a little bit to God. Huh? I'm, I'm excited because I know he, he's going to always bless me that I may be a blessing to others. See, we can give grudgingly and give a tenth. Back, back to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, Mark. He will make all sufficient. So he said, put him through the test. He wants you won't have enough to do good works. God, listen, God always wants to bless that we can bless others. The more he 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 wants us to be given over here and over here and over here. So he can keep putting stuff in our hands. Because so, he knows his work's getting done. As, as he keeps putting it in, in your hand, it keeps going out to where he wants it to go. And, and you, you're cheerful about that. And God is 
blesses that. God blesses that. Amen. Jesus always added to the Lord. Amen. He, he said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it and, and to take it beyond. Look what he said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 and 20. He says, you've heard that it was said to them by the old time that thou shalt not kill. And whoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of counsel. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell's fire. See, Jesus always asked. It, because it's a matter of the heart. God wants your heart. If he got your heart, he got everything up. Look, look, look what he says in, in verses 27 and 28. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looks on a woman with lust after her has committed adultery already in his heart. It's a matter of the heart. God wants your heart. So always double down on the law. Always. Look what he says in Galatians 5, 18. Did I want to get that? That's the scripture I want to get to, but I want to go a little farther. Okay, I'm going to start in verse 16. If Mark don't have it up there, let's see. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you are led by the Spirit, <laughs> you're not under the law. Amen? Well, why have a law to demand what you ought to give? Well, why not? Why ask? You asked the wrong question. Why keep asking, how much should I give? The question is, is how much do you believe? How much do you believe? That's the question. Well, why have a law outside dictating that I give a tenth? Why not listen to the spirit within you? Some days he might tell you to give it all. Some days he might tell you to give 40%. 
if the Spirit lives in you, let him tell you what to give. But no. Ten percent. I, I can I can still have this over here. And that over there. But allow the spirit to dictate you. Either the passage says either you're gonna walk in the spirit or you're gonna walk in the flesh. Amen. This, this grace given. Listen, he empowers you to get what you have. God ain't gonna be indebted. You ain't gotta worry about. I don't care what he tell you to give. If he tell you to give it all, he got reason for it. He ain't gonna make sure you you go without. The scripture says I've been young and I'm now old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. God takes care of his own. Amen? Verse 9. See, we give this grace given as an extension of God's compassion. And we store up treasure in heaven. As it is written, he that dispersed abroad has given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Amen? Listen, he that gives to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Store up some treasures in heaven. Listen, we... That's why we're glad that we were part of the BMA. Because we see where they go into some poor areas. And we supply. We're in extensions of God's compassion. Amen. I don't know why you think your money is yours. It all belongs to him. And he got people who need there, there. It, there's people who might need right here in the congregation. You heard the missionary said, don't, don't go to no foreign land and you ain't even taking care of what's, what's here. Matthew 19.29 says, And everyone that has forsaken, everyone that has forsaken house, or brother, or sister, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or land, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit eternal life. So when you give to the Lord, He He. Promise that he's going to bless you in this life 
in the life to come. Proverbs 19.17 says, He that has pity upon the poor lends to the Lord, and that which he has given will be paid him again. Listen, God ain't, you ain't, God ain't gonna owe you nothing. God ain't gonna owe you nothing. When you're an extension of his mercy, of his compassion, he's going to always make sure you have enough. He's going to make sure all sufficiency, always to do more good work. But when you want to hoard your stuff on yourself, Malachi says he, he finds a way to put holes in the closet. Every time you turn around, something breaks down. Huh? You, you had days like that, right? And no matter how much you keep trying to save and, and hoard and store over here, stuff just keep breaking. And you just keep dudging it out. But with God way. Listen, Israel stayed in the desert for 40 years and their shoes didn't wear out. Or their clothes. Amen? We, we, we give back to the text, Mark. This, this is amazing right here. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministered bread for your feet and multiply your seed and increase the fruit of righteousness. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through the thanksgiving of God for the administration of the service, not only to supply the wants of, of the saints, but is an abundance also by many thanks given to God. We give so people will realize just how good God is and give him thanks. Amen? And give him thanks. Listen. You remember the, the young lady came here, Caitlin Terry, with the whale and stuff? She's not recently. She just sent us a thing that there's a whale in India that says sponsored by First Baptist of Blackness. Amen? Them people don't know us from a can of beans. But they are thanking God for First Baptist of Blackwood. Amen? They don't know what we look like, what we act like, but they praise God for us because they have running water. Amen? God has blessed you that you may be a blessing. We have an avenue that we might be a blessing. We give to the work of the Lord and we care for one another. Amen? And that is true worship. Amen? That is true 
church life. God wants to bless you that you might be a blessing. Amen? Continue to show just how good God has been to you. Amen. Bless you for your time.